1: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this
0: one out, touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham Jr., he's
2: Hello, and welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on RotoViz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I'm joined by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at RotoViz and the co-host of the RotoViz Overtime podcast. Sean, on the show earlier this week, we did talk a little bit about the Triflex leagues with the FFPC and Rodoviz teaming up for those. Some good conversation there. I would urge the listeners to head back and check them out if they haven't already once you get finished up with today's show. But on today's show, we have lots to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball in the second half of the show, uh, an interesting listener question that did come in. So good of question that normally we try and get to a couple of listener questions. This week we've singled one out that we're going to, to dive into a little bit deeper uh, and we're also going to look at one of Blair's recent pieces and of course it is the the famous wrong read, it is number 68, so uh, we're going to talk about that in just a little moment. Sean, how are we doing?
3: Awesome, it's great to have all of these is coming out on the site these great listener questions coming in as you mentioned we're going to do a full segment with the listener question today but as we roll toward the nfl draft as we get all of the pro day information in uh, we're starting to get a clearer picture of what the draft might look like and it's been just a lot of fun reading the work of the guys on the site travis may is tracking the pro day results he's giving his results his feedback what how he thinks Things are changing based on the times players are running. You have Dave Caban and Blair Andrews putting out these great analytics pieces on the different positions. What metrics are the most important? What you need to be looking at? uh, What translates the best to the NFL? And really allowing you to not just get the numbers, but understand the numbers, uh, get a feel for which players have the types of profiles that are going to transition best to the NFL. We have Matt Spencer putting out some great pieces he updated breakout age for wide receivers and made it even a more predictive metric for us. He's had some great stuff on wide receiver and running back freak scores. He had a piece last week that was pretty cool talking about how the difference in times between the combine and the pro days are coming down and why you probably don't need to adjust these pro day times. So Matt's been doing fantastic work. Make sure you check him out. We're going to have volume two of the road rookie guide in the near future. Now that we have these pro day results in, we'll have some new articles. We'll have some new mock draft uh, feedback for you. Give you a sense of where we think players are going to go, where uh, we like the players, you know, who we're willing to reach for. I have article uh, came out on Tuesday, looking at Travis ETN and why I'm willing to reach for him in startups that have rookies, Today, we're going to start with this piece by Blair, which is a really cool look. He uses a random forest and uses machine learning here to break out a bunch of the different metrics for evaluating wide receivers. And he talks about how there are a lot of different things you can do with this, a lot of different things that he's doing with it. But one of the interesting ways you can take this information and understand things that maybe are not as obvious when you use a more traditional regression approach or a more traditional uh, regression tree that we also have some cool articles out about. But with the random forest here, he's able to take these metrics and replace them with random values and get a sense of, okay, if you replace the actual numbers with random numbers, what metrics are most affected? And the obvious thing here is that if you're replacing the actual numbers for the prospects with random numbers and it doesn't change the result in terms of how they would project to the NFL then you can think to yourself okay well maybe that metric isn't super important right on the other hand if you're changing these metrics to the results to random numbers and suddenly you get a very very different outcome then you can say okay well that's something I want to pay attention to and the thing that Blair was a little bit surprised by here, and I think is pretty cool because it goes back to a lot of the stuff that we have done throughout the years at Rotoviz. But one of the things that he's found is that career dominator rating was the result that was affected the most if you replaced it with random numbers. So we go back to this stat that Rotoviz has really pioneered back to the early days when uh, Friedman and I were working with John Moore and the fantasy douche on. Uh, Some of these wide receiver metrics and the dominator rating really standing out there. One of the things that's also interesting is that the uh, six results that had the biggest change were all career numbers. And so one of the things that that reminds us of is that we want to be looking at a prospect's entire career. And one of the things that Blair mentions here is that he tested a bunch of different things. He wasn't able to put breakout age into it and one of the things that he's mentioning is that, again, this gives us a sense that that element is really, really important. One of the things that is included is sort of career seasons. And we talk all the time about these guys who stay for their fourth year, that they're really getting an unfair advantage in terms of what the numbers look like for that fourth year. So we don't want to take those numbers as seriously. That obviously a problem for Devontae Smith, who stayed for the fourth season, put up the massive numbers, wins the Heisman Uh makes everybody look silly in the college football semifinals and finals one of the things that we talk about with smith and one of the things we talk about with a lot of these players is that we do want to look at the whole resume and we want to understand the resume and so when we're looking at smith and we see okay well he was better than jerry judy he was better than henry ruggs the previous season where he could have gone to the nfl maybe he doesn't get drafted quite as early because of all of the focus on those guys but I wouldn't be as worried about him because he was better than two first round draft picks at the year that allowed them to go. But as we're looking at the guys in the hole and, and someone else who I'm not that worried about because he was so good young and someone that we took in this draft that we've been uh, profiling for the last couple of weeks on Tuesdays, uh, a Wallace, somebody else who broke out early had a very clear reason for staying for that fourth year, but with him i want to make sure that my enthusiasm doesn't get too far ahead of me in his sort of second pro day uh the athletic numbers were okay they weren't great he's going to fall a little bit further in the draft we're starting to look at four-year players who are maybe late second early third round picks or even someone you know we've seen guys we thought were going to maybe be second or third round picks like an alan lazard fall you know deep into the draft or even out of the draft When there are more risks like that we want to be aware of that especially if we're doing drafts before the nfl draft happens because there's a lot more risk there Colin, one more thing here that shows up throughout these different metrics at the top is that touchdowns are really coming through as being a big element of the profile and that when you take those touchdown numbers and you replace them with random numbers then it actually changes quite a bit and so we think to ourselves well you know, touchdowns are a little bit fluky, and, you know, the yardage shares, when you're doing a more traditional multiple regression, uh, tend to be much more important. This analysis that Blair is doing here kind of pulls back and says, okay, well, that may be true, but that may be leading us to undervaluing the importance of touchdowns, and so I'll be interested for part two of this analysis when Blair comes out and gives us some of his takeaways for exactly what we want to do with this. But this has been a really interesting start in terms of both reaffirming a lot of the main concepts that we've been talking about through the years, and also bringing up some surprise elements here that we want to make sure that we're looking at as we go through this sort of last month of analysis before the draft. As you look at this column, anything jump out to you as being particularly interesting or something that you want to make sure that you are tracking as we look at these prospects?
2: some of the interesting stuff Sean, you've kind of covered a lot of it at the top end already in terms of the the career numbers versus the you know kind of final college year and I know we talked about that a number of times a couple of weeks ago in terms of you know some people sitting out the last season, some people missing their last season depending on what happens some people have been a down year uh, in 2020 and how important that overall college career can be versus just that most recent season and he has it split out as well by career and if it's not in by career he states in the article that it is most recent season some of the other stuff um, that's interesting as well is when we look at the metrics from let's say the combine or from pro days there isn't a huge correlation in between a, a vast majority of them versus what we what we kind of see then between the other metrics and you know weight is something out of all the metrics that we can look at from different measurements different tests that comes in much higher than any of those other metrics that we look at um, so I, I find that very interesting uh, that weight as well I know we talked about it in some of the other metrics but that it shows up here again uh, as a very important part but the uh, the touchdowns um, is, is a very very high-end uh, kind of part of this here for showing what what some of these guys might produce when we move forward to the NFL level so uh, there's some of it that we we've talked about in similar ways before but it's uh, very very interesting and it's very well done as anything with Blair is uh, very well done um, on the website he does link back as well as you mentioned um, with some of the regressantries does talk a little bit about uh, a piece we talked about Probably a month ago now, uh, Dave Cabin's piece as well as LinkedIn, and as you mentioned, the uh, second uh, part or the the upcoming piece to accompany it will be coming out pretty shortly. So uh, another must read. But anytime Blair has uh, anything up on the website, particularly the wrong read, we we tend to discuss it on the show. We tend to advise the listeners to go and read it. So like uh, each and every other time, I think uh, it's well well worth uh, diving into it with a little more depth over on the website.
3: It is. It is, and you mentioned some of these athletic measurements or simply size measurements And as you pointed out weight showing up 40 showing up arm length showing up which I thought was interesting Uh, some of the things that if you replace them with random numbers basically have no effect for these wide receivers the cone the vert the shuttle uh, some of those tests so perhaps not a surprise I, I think that the arm length there pretty interesting we think in terms of someone like a Brandon Ayuk is having the super long arms so Uh, something to maybe look for as you're perusing the different pro day results and the different uh, measurements there don't look at just weight or just height but how long those guys
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
3: arms are could make a difference for you but yeah definitely check that out look for the wrong read 69 which will be the follow-up to this everything as you mentioned that blair does in this series becomes the foundation pieces for what we do on the site and speaking of foundation pieces column we have the best ball workshop the best ball workshop is built on the tools and after the break we've got a great question about a specific element of the workshop and these best ball lessons how they fit together and how we can maximize our results by combining these lessons but also understanding how the lessons fit together we'll get to that
1: after the break sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin hagler and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener. This is Curtis
0: Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now.
2: So, Sean, you teased the question. We teased it earlier, and I uh, even teased it on Tuesday's show. So let's hope it uh, lives up to the billing now uh, and the listeners will enjoy this. But um, it's a question come in from PM Farley, and he has sent in some great questions uh, over uh, recent months as well. But this one I thought was uh, fascinating. There's a lot of a detail in it, so uh, it'll take me a moment to read through it. But uh, here goes. So, uh, hey, column, I've got a potential question for the show. What is the ideal best ball roster construction? Talking best ball tens. I've read the workshop articles, um, but I'm looking for something to tie it all together. I'm having particular trouble combining three QBs in the three QB window with the optimal strategy as well of tying that in with three defenses. If I do both, I pretty much have to roll with five running backs since uh, I should be loading up on wide receiver early so for listeners of the show you'll know that loading up on those wide receivers early is a key part of most of those strategies but uh, I'm having four of those running backs looking pretty ugly most of the time. I know every draft is different uh, and you have to adjust but what is the overall optimal build in general and how do we kind of go about doing that so he said uh, the end of the question I thought we would try and get this in as soon as possible he said if you can cover this at some point before I blow my yearly bankroll that would be awesome and greatly appreciated so uh, we do greatly appreciate the questions coming in and um, that one was sent in via Twitter but uh, Sean quite quite a detailed one but a a lot of good uh, parts of you know our overall best ball strategy there Um, so uh, we can we can pick through it but uh, do you want to do you want to start it off?
3: Yeah, this is a great question, as as you mentioned here. And it's actually something that I ran up against and was uh, sort of discussing in a recent piece based on an expert draft that I participated in recently. And that's, you know, how do you take the lessons, put them all together and make sure that they're working out for you? And one of the reasons that we try to make sure we cover different elements in the different lessons is that it's not something where... We want to play it the same way every time, right? And so if we're talking about the optimal approach, then very straightforwardly, we know that we want to have early tight ends. We know that we want to have early wide receivers. We know that we want to draft QBs in the window and not overdo that. We know that we want to have three defenses. And so we can take that as sort of the foundation, but then based on your individual draft, you're going to have to make some choices and you're going to have to, follow a couple of different branches based on where you are and how that draft develops so the first main decision you're going to have to make is whether or not you go with single elite running back or zero running back we know that we want to have a bunch of wide receivers early we know that if you pull up the best ball win rate explorer for example and you look at those later rounds for wide receiver exactly in the range where everybody tells you, okay, wide receiver is deep. Well, you go through this massive section where basically all of the wide receivers have win rates that are below average. Well, wide receiver is not deep. If the reality of it is that if you're drafting in this area where people are saying, okay, well, you can get wide receivers there. If you're drafting wide receivers there and they lose for you, then it doesn't matter if those guys have a name or if you're thinking, okay, well, if I just have enough of them, then it will score enough points. No, that's not the way that it works. You have to have enough of the big time wide receivers in order to have the optimized lineup score a lot of points at wide receiver, a lot of points at the flex and score enough total points, right? So when we hammer on this idea of you have to draft wide receivers early, you have to draft wide receivers early, it's not because we like that aesthetically or it's just our preference for how drafts go. It's because historically and very consistently that's what wins. And there are a variety of ways that we can show that we can show that in the best ball win rate Explorer with the positional heat maps. We can show it in the roster Roster construction Explorer where you can go through these different builds and you can see year year to year to year to year that having a lot of wide receivers early allows you to win. Right? It's not a matter of, okay, well, I can put my lineup up on Twitter and people will say, oh, that's a, a very pretty roster. That doesn't matter. right? It doesn't matter what your roster looks like in terms of being safe at running back and having a lot of these wide receivers in that wide receiver range that loses, but yet looks good when you post the lineup. That That doesn't help us when we get to the end of the year and we're trying to add up the amount of money that we made because we won or lost leagues. We want to look at what actually wins and having that early tight end and that just fleet of early wide receivers. That's what wins for us. But if we're in the first half of round one, then we know that hitting one of these star running backs first gives us even more safety, potentially more upside. And then the thing that we have to remember to do is that then we have to get those wide receivers. If you don't have that option, then it doesn't necessarily make sense to reach for other running backs. You want to hit guys like a Devontae Adams, like a Tyreek Hill. But if you do that wide receiver early, then it does limit a little bit what you can do later because the three QBs in the QB window doesn't work with the zero running back, Right. So we sort of have these two options. If we go single running back or single elite running back and we have a McCaffrey or a Camara or a cook, then you can do three QBs in the QB window and it gives you great results because having those three QBs means that you don't have to reach for all of these guys. And Michael Dubner had another good article. He's got a lot of cool best ball pieces up on the site. Make sure that you read him. He had another article this week talking about how QBs are going really early. And you have to be looking at that and trying to figure out, well, how do I adjust if these QBs that are normally in the window are now moved up several rounds? One of the ways that you can counteract that is by using the three QBs in the QB window. But as the question points out, if you have that and you have the three defenses, then suddenly you're getting pretty far up there in numbers. In terms of the onesie positions and we know that we really want to have six seven or eight probably preferably seven players at the onesie position so the three qb in the qb window is only going to work with certain types of builds it's not going to work with all of them the other question that kind of comes into play here is well what about tight ends if Travis Kelsey has gotten so expensive. If George Kittle and Darren Waller have gotten so expensive that they just don't really fit into what I'm trying to do, I had a better option at the spot where they would be available, or maybe with Travis Kelsey, you just never had a shot at it because he went before you had your first pick. Then we also want to be aware of the fact that you can still make it work with three tight ends instead of the two tight ends, one of which is an elite tight end. But if you do that, it's going to have a trickle down effect to some of your other choices. Again, kind of getting back to this idea of we don't want nine players at the onesie position. So a three tight end, three QB, three defensive strategy isn't going to work for us. And so that would push us back to the two QBs. And so that's those are really kind of the main choices that we have to make. We like the three QBs in the QB window. It gives great results with some setups, but it's not going to give great results if you have to go three tight end. It's not going to give great results if you're doing a pure zero running back approach because at that point, exactly as the question asks. And it just a very perceptive question here. If you need a lot of running backs, if you're getting some running backs late, then using that spot on a QB doesn't work very well for your overall build.
2: Yeah, that's a. I think, uh, like, you know, sometimes Sean says something and I think lets me try and add something on. I, I think I'll <laughs> I'll leave that one simmer. I think we've covered everything really there. But the one thing I would add is probably working in with the tools on the site would be, you know, the, the best ball uh, roster construction explorer may help you make some of those decisions while on the clock. Um, sometimes it could be trying to make those choices while under pressure to make those picks up. It could be making it a little bit difficult. So I think having... You know, access to that tool uh, to get that little bit more, um, not hindsight, but uh, kind of clear up the vision of, of making some of those picks. I think Sean will be another thing I'd probably add in there.
3: Yeah, the tools are, are fantastic for that, where if you get to a certain point in your draft and you're trying to make a decision, you can plug in some of the things that you've already done and you, you don't want to be too specific about what you've done because then you'll sometimes get you know very small samples you give a little bit broader in terms of you know where you've drafted some of these players but that still gives a, a good feel for what your build is and then you can ask it, well if I do this at this point, where do my, where am I going win rate wise So it, it's great to explore when you're on the clock. It's great to explore you know once you've gotten your draft slot and you can think about well, If this scenario plays out, where do I want to go? If this scenario plays out, where do I want to go? Knowing some of those things and having the comfort that your overall strategic approach will work gives you a lot of freedom then when you're trying to pick specific players on the clock. And one of the things that I always say is that you have some people objecting to this idea of having a structural approach because you you want to take the best values when you're on the clock. I think that in a lot of ways it works the exact opposite where if you have a strong structural approach, it really frees you up to get the value out of your player picking prowess. So if you're great at picking the players, if you know who you want in these slots, but you also have a structural approach, then it just, you know, it acts as rocket fuel for that. And it gives you a lot of confidence that when you get your guy, that he's actually going to do for you what you want him to do for you. So you know, check out the ADP tools, get a feel for where these guys are going, make sure you're not reaching as you're picking your guys, you know, don't take them two rounds earlier than you need, check out the RCE, check out the Win Rate Explorer, put those things together, and you're going to come out way ahead once you add up all of these drafts.
2: Yeah, and uh, I'm just going to, I mentioned, you know, we're getting close to episode 200, we're going to have Uh, some prizes coming up here for the listeners and of course I mentioned that it's going to be related to dropping some uh, five-star reviews in your favorite podcast app Uh, I did have a quick look before the show and we've got some good reviews in over the the last uh, week or so and I'm going to read one of them out now that uh, caught my eye Uh, kind of for an interesting reason but it's uh, Matt Chuuk dropped it off and he said uh, amazing content thanks guys for an amazing podcast love how you guys analyze players even uh, even if I'm not uh, fall on 0RB type player keep up the great work so uh, thanks a lot Matt. Um, Sean we we may be we can try and convert some of the non 0RB <laughs> crew uh, we'll, keep, we'll keep trying to, to plant that flag
3: we will we will but at the same time we <laughs> love this kind of of response because it really gets to uh, something i think is important is that we have a ton of other content besides zero rb type of content we try and help you out if you're going to play zero rb we want you to play it the best way we want you to win with it if you're not we want to help you uh, figure out the the lessons you can take from it that may actually help you win in your preferred style and also talk about the different ways that you can make single elite running back approach work or if you really want to load up at running backs we want to help you do it in the best way that you can and so we love all the different listeners and certainly we like the fact that people play fantasy a lot of different ways everybody played the same way Uh, that would be very unfortunate it would make it a lot less interesting and And so, you know, great debate across the different styles, but even just within the styles, people should do what they feel the most comfortable with, and they should figure out how to make their style work the best for them. And so we definitely want to have our tools, our content, and our discussions work in more than just one way.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. It would be pretty dull uh, if we all had the um, exact same opinion. So thanks again to Matt for that review. And of course, um, as I mentioned, get yourself involved. Have a chance to win some of the, the upcoming goodies um, by dropping us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated as we continue to grow and develop both the Road of His Overtime uh, the podcast and, of course, the Road of His Radio Network as well. Uh, just before we get to the end of today's show, we usually do our recommendations and, and such at the end of the show. And today, I thought it would take a little bit of a different spin. It's a, a busy week here uh, in the Kelly household. My, my father, whose uh, name is also Colm Kelly, so I think if I was uh, in the U.S., I would be Colin Kelly II, but we we never went down that route. Uh, I'm just uh, Colin kelly as well and um, so it's his uh, milestone birthday coming up here at 60 years of age uh, today uh, as this podcast drops on thursday uh, and then a big one uh, my daughter uh, will turn three years old on friday so it's gonna be a busy day uh, i can tell you for sure on friday i think i'll be uh, ready for sleep come friday evening but it should be a pretty exciting day for her as well so looking forward to that but a uh, busy week where the the two big uh Kind of well, tree's not a milestone, but I think when you're a, a child, every year becomes a milestone. But um, a big 60th birthday as well. And unfortunately, with COVID, it's a little bit less uh, off that party atmosphere. Um, but um, hopefully, hopefully, it'll be enjoyable for both of them as well.
3: Yeah, that's that's a, a fun note there. Happy birthday to your family members. And uh, as you mentioned, as we start to to come out of this, I think the celebrations are are going to be. Uh, even more full this year as we reflect gratefully on on having made it through uh, what's been a tough uh, 16 months.
2: Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. I think you're probably a little bit ahead of uh, Ireland in terms of the <laughs> the vaccination rollout. It seems to be in in slow motion over here, but uh, eventually we'll we'll all get out of it. I always think um I've been building a house, which i am now uh, moved into doing the podcast from at the moment, um, building it over the last kind of 18 months. But uh, since we moved in, there's probably been about six people here to uh, visit in that time. So uh, very limited. So looking forward to that. But you mentioned the celebrations and I think getting to see family members spend time with them, getting to see friends and things like that, I think we'll, we'll all appreciate it. And I guess on the, a note to put into that from the NFL's news uh, over the last week or so is that they're hoping to have fans in the stand so um you know if all that happens uh, we'll all be in a pretty good place uh, you know come come a couple of months time so let's hope that is the case and um you know just hopefully hopefully more positive times ahead as always finishing off the show and let the listeners know you can get a 10 percent discount off a road of his nfl pass we mentioned some of the tools on today's show we bring them in and talk about them pretty much every podcast and the articles that we talk about as well are available on the site you can get 10 percent off and set yourself up for the upcoming nfl season all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information that's going to do it for today edition of this show as always my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel check out all his great work up on rotowiz.com and until next week have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis with a discount through the Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns